Hi, I'm Emily Bellet, the founder of Vespot.com, a thriving community that financially empowers women and author of the Amazon bestseller, You're Not Broke, You're Pre-Rich. And this is The Wallet. The Wallet is here to help you make better financial decisions by talking honestly about money. I'll be sharing my best tips, inspiring you to take charge of your financial futures and talking to an array of awesome guests from all walks of life, employees, freelancers, entrepreneurs, and money experts. How do you feel when you're checking your bank balance or when you receive a bill in the post? Money and emotions often go hand in hand, so when it comes to confronting our finances, we can feel anxious or stressed, but how can we start to overcome our financial fears? Joining me today is Bola Sol, financial wellness coach, influencer, and podcaster, who is passionate about helping women look their finances in the face and installing financial confidence in them through budgeting, saving, and building a positive attitude towards money. Bola shares some of her own financial journey with me, what she's learned so far, and where to start if you're looking to take your first steps towards financial independence. Hi, Bola. How are you today? Hi, Emily. I'm good. It's been a long day, but happy to be at the end of it and happy to be talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's actually 8 p.m. and it's really hard to you know, find time to talk, but I'm so happy we have like a nice evening for us. So I guess today I wanted to talk with you about money, financial education, knowing your worth. We've been doing quite a few things together in terms of, you know, events and public speaking. But on this one, I wanted to have a more intimate conversation about money. I want people to get to know what you're doing and also your financial wellness coach. And I think people don't really know what you're doing. So you're a financial wellness coach, you're a financial influencer, you have your own podcast, The Last Three Digits, mm -hmm. and you had a show, The Bola Soul Show. You can actually watch it on YouTube. This is really cool. Oh, thank you. You've been also featured on, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this. And you've been featured on so many big publications. But can you tell me, I mean, what's your journey, your financial journey and how you, you ended up actually being um, a financial coach? Yeah, so um, I always enjoyed numbers and that led me to potentially wanting to become an accountant. And, and then I didn't really like accounting much at A-level. <laughs> so I went on to study maths and finance and that just gave me a better scope of what I wanted to do. And although a lot of people said become a wealth advisor, become a financial advisor, I felt like it would leave a lot of my community behind. Because when you do like wealth advisory, people tend to start at like 100K etc etc so I just didn't want that to be the case for I, I didn't want that to be the case for should I say like my people whether that be women whether that be black people or just anyone I felt I connected with so I said I'm going to become a personal finance coach but I want people to take care of their well-being as well yeah I, I, I really get that one of the reasons I also set up Vespot was because there's such a big gap in financial advice most people can't really afford financial advice. There's so few female advisors. And I believe you want to speak to someone that sort of looks like you at some mm -hmm. point because money is so personal. 
in your job? I mean, what's the difference between a financial wellness coach and a financial advisor? Yeah, so a financial advisor is someone that gives you advice on like your finances and your investments and a financial wellness coach is someone that looks at your personal finances and everything from your your credit to your debt to your saving to your goals and how you're currently budgeting and says how are you feeling about your money where is your head because a lot of it I noticed starts with like self-doubt and not having the confidence to get to where they want a lot of people think that maybe a particular amount of money isn't for them for one reason or another so I try to instill a lot of financial confidence in people money is definitely not talked about enough but it's such a wonderful feeling when someone says I did it I reached this goal or I paid off this credit card or I hit my 5k mark of savings yeah it's such a pleasure to hear this I hear it often from women in the community and so But what I loved is that previously you actually worked with a lot of women even before becoming a coach because you had your peer-to-peer -peer coaching. So you've already been talking to like so many women. So I guess you understand what women want, what your community wants in terms of finances. So can you tell me what are the main goals maybe? The main goals is to get out of um, debt. So maybe stop using credit cards to pay off loans. And that can be for various reasons, whether it's down to bad habits or, you know, some of it is educational or they're helping out family. People come to me with like a plethora of reasons as to why they are in that situation. And I just have to make sure that I, you know, I don't react, but I come from a place of, okay, how can we deal with this? Because People don't want to feel alone in their situation. And I think especially during this time with the pandemic, people shouldn't feel alone. So do you also run groups? So do you do like group coaching? Yeah, I'm taking a step back from that, doing that myself because I'm working on other projects. But I'm currently in the process of hiring what I call RGC gurus where they will basically lead, they will lead other groups and people can join get the coaching they need it really starts with budgeting for example are you budgeting every month so for example when some people say sorry I haven't budgeted and oh gosh everything's going on and and I say well maybe that means that it's time to stop and I tell myself that as well when little things happen and I'm like where's my money where did that go I'm like right you're moving too fast I think this is a signal for you to Calm down, chill out, spend some more time at home, stop spending money, regather, regroup. Yeah, I love that. I mean, the budgeting is really the starting point. It seems mm. like pretty boring and unsexy, but, you know, there's like super simple rules for budgeting. There's lots of apps. Do you use actually any of these apps or do you use like an Excel file? How do you do your budget? I use a mix of apps and Excel files. Yeah, I like to use both, but sometimes... I think when you have different accounts and you don't want to merge all of them, that's when it can get quite difficult, which is why I just use my Excel sheet. But I do a mix and match of both. We both worked in finance before, but personally, I, I mean, I worked in corporate finance, so I never really learned about personal finances. So I ended up learning most of it online, videos, books. What about you? How did you get started in this journey and, and you know, becoming like, you know, 100% financial coach, thinking about your own finances, helping other women to do it? It's quite a big step. Like, what is your training and your money journey? 
a lot of it was learning myself. Well, one of my first jobs out of university was looking into why people took out loans in debt. And, you know, I would say this is ridiculous and look at what's being charged. And I just felt like left, right and centre people were being ripped off. And I was just like, I know there's a way around this. And then I luckily I have um, older siblings and then I would see maybe some of the assets they have or how low their costs were in comparison to how high their lifestyle looks. And I said, you know, how did you do this and that? And I was just like, it's such a shame that more of this information isn't available. And I'm the type of person that if I don't see it, I build it or, you know, ask anyone else if they're building it. (laughs) Because at this point I am quite busy. So we're talking about like the main challenges for women. So the COVID crisis is affecting women even more than than men, I believe. Mm -hmm. So do you think attitudes to money are changing or people feel that they need to take care a little bit more of their finances, but maybe they don't don't know where to start? What are the main barriers maybe for, for women to get started? I think the main points is look at your debts, look at how you're budgeting. And if you're not budgeting, why? Because with the pandemic, no one's going anywhere fast. This is the time to take a proper look at your finances. So you really have to ask yourself, what are you doing with your money? Are you ordering clothes? Are you spending more than you need to on food? What are you doing? Are you checking your transactions? What are your transactions telling you about the way you spend money and your relationship with money? looking their finances in the face and being like, man, it was me who (laughs) maybe committed some more crimes than I'd like to admit. So emotions around money are quite a big thing. And and I guess maybe the way you talk to yourself about money, because I've been talking to a lot of women and, and sometimes they tell me, you know, I really feel I can't do it. Like, you know, even opening the letters from the bank or checking my, my bank account, it just makes me sick. So how do you overcome this, this like initial barriers beliefs around money I just tell myself I give myself positive affirmations and I'm like I'm getting better with my finances some days are harder than others and when I know those hard days are coming I'm like right let me make a future budget let me make a one-year plan of what I'm doing with my finances what do I really want and then everything else I want kind of slips away because if there's one or two things I want I make that a priority. So I say it's important to have a priority list. So even if it's like, man, I want less anxiety. When I open up letters, I'm like, right, that starts with me acknowledging what debt am I in? What debt do I think I'm in? And it sounds silly, but when I get a letter, like I rip it open as if to say to like bully the idea that like this letter is stronger than me because whatever happens, I'm going to have to call the company for example, and say, look, I can pay this now, or look, I can't pay this right now. We're going to have to split it up into payments because if another lockdown is coming, companies are going to need to be more understanding with people's financial situation. Yeah. So it's really trying to take action each time and not letting emotions overcome, uh, you know, whatever situation you're you're in. I've been doing a lot of research on, on actually the racial wealth gap. So do you think there's actually additional challenges faced by black women and by people in your community? Oh yeah, of course. I think one is attitude towards work and the need to potentially fit in in ways that they don't fit in naturally. I think a lot of our confidence can take a sharp blow when we are made to feel different about our hair 
or maybe our body types, for example, that can be quite hard. And also maybe how much how much we have to contribute potentially towards our parents' lives or our family, because many of our families came here as immigrants and set up a life. So it's just, it's a completely different situation. I think when I lost my job, that's what I thought about more, that how is this going to affect my family and my contribution to the house? Is there ways where we could help maybe, you know, black women a lot more? So there's obviously a lot of work to be done by, you know, financial institutions, but for black women, for women in general, but we're really far away from seeing any change there. So what about, you know, maybe communities like Vespod or women who are listening to this podcast? Do you think there's, how can we help other women and more specifically black women maybe to be more financially empowered? I would say hire black women if there's particular jobs you have, hire them where possible, promote their work. A lot of people come to me now where I know there's a lot of people with like donation pages now and things like that you know hire them promote their work that's that's really it of course you're not going to see everyone but make an active effort and also not letting it be a trend like it can't be like we care in 2020 and then 2021 starts and we go back to the same thing i make a conscious effort even with the asian community and i want to get more involved in the disabled community to help people as well i think it's just about us helping each other across the board Yeah, obviously it's not a one-off, but I mean, at least we're having more of this conversation in, in 2020. So I think at least people are learning a bit more about it, which which hopefully, I mean, we'll see, we'll see some progress. It's funny you say that because you've always been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I mean, I don't know how to do it. It's just weird for me. Like inclusion, it's sad, it's, it's really difficult. And, and I think it's just a matter of talking about it openly and quite candidly and doing doing the most you can. But yeah, well, I guess we're all learning and, and trying to get a bit better. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And, and do you think now if we talk like generally women, do you think women and men have a, have a different approach to wealth, to building wealth and maybe the way also they spend money and support like families and, and communities? Do you work with men and women? Yeah, I do. I find men don't want to talk about finances as much as women do. <laughs> and I think that just sometimes means that men don't want to say when they're in trouble. And it's a reason why actually a lot of the men in my life, I don't, I don't bother them too much because I think, I actually think that patriarchy has been heavy on both sides for both men and women in the sense where men don't want to discuss how well or not well they're doing financially um, simply because, you know, they are taught to be a man, they are taught to help here, they are taught to help there. And that's not fair because, you know, you come into this life and you're not asked, you're not asked to be born the way you are and then you're given all, all of these burdens. So I don't know. I, I think we need to do better as well, just not even as women, as people, to not put finances on a particular gender, but to take the onus. It's like learning to cook, right? No one should come and say, oh, when I get a wife or a husband, he's going to do this or he's going to do that. It should just be everyone. I am good at this. I'm going to help. Yeah, everyone. Everyone's going to help out and I'm going to take onus for myself. Yeah. And it's so important for women that they, they really do it for themselves and they're you know, not waiting for the right partner to start saving, thinking about the the future, but really do it for, for yourself. 
that's super important. But then I guess one of the issues with, with women is also around gender pay gap and not earning the same salary, maybe taking breaks to, you know, take care of your parents, of your communities, of your kids. Women tend to do that more than men. And, and especially during lockdown and COVID, um, I've seen around me and it's mostly women who tend to, you know, step back a little from, from work maybe got furloughed. So how important is it for women to, you know, fight for, for our wealth and, and to earn more and, and negotiate and really know what we should earn? It's so important. Like, I don't know where to start with how important that is in the sense where we can only fight for it if we talk about it more and we're more transparent because people don't know where to start. And if we kind of keep it all to ourselves, then it doesn't help. We have to get over like this potential jealousy and things like that it has to be it has to be a free-for-all and we have to help each other and of course it's harder and it's more work but we have to be willing as often as possible and as long as I have breath I will always like fight to help women get their money and like instill confidence in them to get to where they want to be money comes with confidence I mean we we talk very often about you know money and and self-worth even if you know the money you have shouldn't define like your self-worth Earning more money and, and being able to negotiate your rates, negotiate your salary. I mean, you feel more powerful, I guess, because in, in some way money is, money is really powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, you know, you look at some of the best entrepreneurs in the world and they are women. And, you know, I always remember what Obama said that if more women were running the world, he thinks it would be a better place. And I absolutely agree. Yeah. More women in, uh, in power. And higher salaries, that's what we want. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I remember you came to one of our, of our events and you were talking about salary negotiation. Can you tell me again this, this story where you asked for your boss for salary increase? And I think they said no. And I think your reaction was really interesting. <laughs> okay. I, I gave these reasons why I should get a salary increase. and. They actually said yes. And then the operational manager kind of started ducking me. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, great. Nothing's going to happen. So after about a week or two, no, actually, it was four weeks. I literally just handed in my notice. And I was just like, you know, working for these big corporations, you just you just get lost. There's like big pond, small fish. And I was just like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to go somewhere else. So I quit. and. Then the job that I got, it got pushed back and I was just like, am I going to worry about money? And I was like, no, I'm going to go on holiday. Because one of the interesting things about money, I know everyone's situation is different, is that it always comes back to you. It's a boomerang. And there are times where you're up and there are times where you're down. But it is key that you don't let money control all your emotions and stop you from living. Yeah, it's some sort of energy, right? You get it, then it sort of goes away. But yeah, you... you... You're right. You always come back to it in some way and you need money to live anyway. What is money for you? Like, is your goal to be super rich? Is your goal to be wealthy? Is your goal to have enough money? How do you see yourself? My goal is to be wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go from rich to super rich to wealthy. Like when my dad passed away, my, my granddad, like I got paid as a, as a result of my granddad's wealth. And that is what I call generational wealth. And that's what I want to build for my future children. 
that their children can get paid because, you know, their mum made smart financial decisions along with their dad and they're in a position where if they want to start a business, they can do so or they have different properties in their names. That's that's really important to me. Yeah, building wealth for yeah yourself and the, and the next generation, being able to pass something on, yeah, being financially financially safe, I guess. What do you do with your, your spare money? I know listening to, I mean, you've been tweeting a lot recently, so some really cool quotes there. I really invite people to follow you also on Instagram. Uh, and I know you've been investing a little bit. How did you get started and what's, what's your goal with investing? Is it like investing for the really long term, retirement? Is it to also have fun with like a, your portfolio? Yeah, why are you investing money? With the interest rates that you're getting on the market for saving, it's just a shambles. <laughs> so I joined something called Stock Pickers Academy, which is run by Debedan Osikita. Literally, I just, I got into investing and I did a few sessions with him. I started with a virtual portfolio. I used to trade with Free Trade and now I'm with Trading 212. And I've done a few um, intro to investing courses to let people know. But it's it's a mix of short mid and long term so long term i guess long term would more go up to the amount i'd invest with and some shares that i'd have long term but i'm more into like etfs exchange traded funds and indices long term and then some some things i think because of recession that can be if you have money to play with you can make some great short term gains and then flip that into your longer term kind of game. But right now I'm just trying to make my money, make more money, especially because of the way the market is going, even with the jobs. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I I got a job just before quarantine and I was put on furlough. Then they fired me, then they hired me again. Wow. Yeah. So it's been more than anything, it's more of an emotional roller coaster. And I said, right, I can't sit around and wait for the banks to keep telling me that my interest rates are plummeting. I have to get in this game for me. I have to make money for me. And when you make your mind up about that, I feel like everything just starts to get into place. And that's what happened. And I was like, right, I'm going to invest. And I just, you, you put you put your, your business hat on and you speak to more people and you're like, right, what can I do from here and here and here? And how can I make my money make more money? that is a key and a lot of that comes from community yeah great to hear that you've been investing and, and i guess picking stocks is risky so if you're listening to us and you've never been investing make sure you know you've repaid your your expensive debts you have some emergency savings i'm sure bola has that and of then course, you can yeah. start <laughs> investing for, for the long term but it's really fun how long how many hours do you spend like looking at uh, stocks and doing your analysis and stuff like that about an hour a day. Yeah, that's quite a lot. Mm. But when when my money's tied up, like fifteen minutes. Yeah. But when I know like payday's coming, then I spend more time. So it tends to average out to yeah. about maybe two to three hours a week. Cool. But you know, this also comes from the fact that I have <laughs> I have studied mathematics and finance. That is a real help for me. From understanding price to earnings ratios to betas to market capitalization. So I understand that for some people who haven't got started that that might not make sense. But um, I feel exactly. really for that. 
around. Yeah, it's not it's not easy to grasp. I get that. No, it's not easy to uh, yeah to start picking the right shares, the right funds, and and that's why I mean I'm, I'm quite happy that there's lots of new platforms on the market such as you know the auto saving apps that invest your money for you, the robo advisors because I guess I you know you them. can't. You do, have you used them? Yeah, I used Plum, and then one day I looked in that account and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I have 150 pounds. It's like this fun game that you're playing with yourself, <laughs> which is just like your mind is just increasing. And I think it's like, it's, it's like back in the day, you know, find like, like 10 pounds in your, in your jeans pocket or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Very quick questions for you. Quick fire questions. What are your top three financial goals? Ooh, to have 10,000 in my investment account to buy a property in the next nine months. And to make 50K for my business by the end of the year. Yeah. Your best financial decision ever. Or investing in myself while everybody was buying a property. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst financial decision you've made? Um, getting a credit card without knowing what the hell I was doing with that. Yeah. Uh, what is financial independence for you? It's knowing that I choose to love someone only for them <laughs> and not because of what they have. Yeah. <laughs> and the things you spend the most money on? Oh, right now it's closed because we can't go anywhere. So I dress up at home <laughs> <laughs> for pictures on the internet in the hopes to get more work. <laughs> oh, great. So can, can we finish? Can I ask you what are the most important things you, you've learned, um, maybe about money, like over the past, over the past few years? Mm, it takes money to make money. Mm. Um, money comes and money goes and you shouldn't use that as a definite, as a defining way of how you handle money that's not fair to yourself you know right now we're all falling on hard times in one way or another so yeah money comes money goes don't let it define who you are or your or your net worth it shouldn't and what what are you still working on money wise is it more on your mindset or really around earning more i think it's about having that business structure to earn more because I'm in a place where I feel very blessed that money's coming in, but it's like right now money's coming in and it's coming in for all these avenues. What am I doing? How am I taking it to the next level? What are the conversations I'm having with my accountant, for example? What's the next step, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Well, all the best. Um, I'm sure it's going to be super successful and we can't wait to hear what you, what you hope to. Where can we find you, Bola? Oh, thank you. On Instagram and on Twitter. <laughs> I just hit I just hit 10k. I feel super happy that I can do swipe up. Yes, I know. That's I know. the best thing. Oh. oh my gosh. Who knew how liberating it would be? But <laughs> um yeah, Bola B O L A underscore soul S O L and that's on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm on LinkedIn from time to time. Okay, I'll share everything in the notes anyway. And Bola, any any favorite money resources, book, podcast, website, movie, Ooh, whatever you find I useful? Love that I'm pretty rich. Oh wow, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I love that I'm pretty rich. I, I love your book. I've actually got a book announcement coming out in the next week. 
So that would be great. Yeah, long time coming. Yeah, I remember the first time I met you, I think you mentioned it. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. So, yeah, now I'm just... Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a personal fave. Many people say it's flawed, but it has some great tips. Um, The Rules of Wealth by Richard Templer. I love that as well. I want to read more black female authors when it comes to money and female authors in general. I love Laura Waitley as well. Yeah, money is really good. It is. Great. And Alex Holder. (laughs) And Alex Holder. We'll put all the list of all these amazing books in the in the show notes. Bola, thank you so, so much. Thanks for making it so late at night. And yeah, have a good evening. I hope I can see you soon. Yeah, me too. It's been great talking catching up with you. <laughs> Speak to you soon. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a couple of seconds to rate it on your favorite podcast platform. Also, don't forget to join our community on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe to our newsletter on vespot.com. Feel free to email me with your comments and questions over at emily at vespot.com. Thank you. Speak to you soon. I also wanted to let you know that we are not financial advisors. So the articles, the information made available on vespot.com and in this podcast are provided just for educational purposes and do not constitute financial advice. So make sure you consult with an independent financial advisor for advice on your specific circumstances. Thank you.